Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? It's time for Out of Bounds. Two beauties! With William Quackenbush. Slow your roll. The, the show goes till three, loser. And Ben Milstead. My gosh, we need an intervention for you. Be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. Out of bounds. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves like adults. It's time. All right, let's do this. Match point, touchdown, etc. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We're live on the roar on a Friday, <laughs> February 9th, 2024. The new open caught me off guard right there, Quack. <laughs> it really did. The new open just caught me off guard as to when to turn your mic on. Oh, this is going to be an awesome show. Oh, this is going to be an awesome show. Uh, we are live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. The darkest room that anyone's ever been in is the studio when I get here. I, it's the I, darkest I just, room. I don't understand it. Especially, like, it's a little cloudy outside today. Yeah. I had a late night. Uh, we had the Miami. Well, when you're in Miami and the game goes to overtime, it doesn't matter what time the game starts. You're home late. Yeah. Um, which is tough. And then I had an early morning today. I have questions. Okay. I have many questions. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, to each his own. We, we, we put in really fancy lighting in there, you know, with dimmers and all. Glorious. We still just First go world. on and off switch. <laughs> Y'all, oh, when Morgan Thomas is hosting for Mickey, or co, you know, running the board for Mickey, he is on uh, Thursday, I believe. He closes the blinds, even like it's dark, dude. Why are you closing the blinds? <laughs> he closes the blinds, turns the lights <laughs> off. It's like he's sitting in a cave. <laughs> I um, teach his own. No, it works for him. Uh, no, nobody's ever accused Morgan of not having energy. So who am I to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I can see Morgan sitting over there like uh like Eminem when he's about to go uh in that uh that scene in Eight Mile. I get more that's oh. how I picture Morgan uh just cooking right there in the producer studio. Morgan walked <laughs> this week he walks in, we run in each other in the hall about eight o'clock and uh he I said or no, he looks at me and he says, uh, "I forget the guy. I'll make up the name. Paul Thomas to Ferrari." 
or fuck. And I'm like, the heck are you talking about? And he's like, F1. It's like, well, F you too. <laughs> I don't know what F1. <laughs> Follow the F1. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's incredible. You it were, was a big story, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, this is this is not your F one headquarters right here. Um, F one is growing in popularity, though. I will give them that. I'm I mean, going to start it, watching. It truly is. I need to start watching that documentary because that that's what people did. They watched that Netflix documentary and they were like, "I should care about this." Yeah, I did I that. I did that with golf. <laughs> it does. It, it like I started. I, I picked Sahitha Gala in a tournament because I was like, I like this guy. He's yep. finishing top twenty. My Bam. man. Family man, we've got to take him. Nowhere close to the cut line. Not even close. Um, you were in Miami last night with women's basketball. Ugh. Oh, man, what a heartbreaker. Clock, the, the ladies played uh, near flawless basketball until really just a couple of plays at the end there, and just unfortunate. Uh, short bench last night, did, did they just run out of gas? And maybe you can update the the folks on the the flow of that game yeah maybe you don't want to i don't so, know no maybe it's, let's it's talk good. about the first half yeah let's talk about the first half. the first half was flawless the first half was miami had no idea what to do against clemson's zone um clemson was forcing turnovers i think they forced seven or eight in the first quarter um and we're paying them off they hit five threes in the first half um i think they had three different players make threes in the first half which is good five different players made a three in the game Second half, Miami came out. They played two bigs, which they started four guards. That's how they play. They essentially started playing the way you need to play to beat Clemson right now because it doesn't matter how many guards you have out there, Day Harris is getting to the cup. Like, she's unstoppable. There's Mm -hmm. not a single women's basketball. And I, I feel confident saying this. There is not a single women's basketball player in, at the collegiate level that can stop Dacianette Harris when she gets going downhill. You can't get good enough position to take a charge. If you do take a charge too early, she's good enough at redirecting that she can stop and cross over or spin or whatever, and she, she can avoid that contact. She's just incredibly, incredibly good at doing that. And... um so I mean, that was happening. It was all working for Clemson. They were up 18 at one point in the first half. They were up 17 at halftime. Miami goes two bigs, and they start out-rebounding Clemson. They start getting a lot of offensive rebounds. Clemson got a little bit sloppy. I do think they got a little bit leg-weary. Um, second consecutive road game. They would not say that that was an excuse. I would say it made some sense, especially given that you know, they, they've been without Maddie Kloos. Uh She had season-ending surgery, so she's not coming back. She recently had uh, season-ending surgery. Danielle Roush has been hurt. She's not coming back for probably about a month. I mean, I think they're targeting around ACC tournament time for her uh, return. And they, they didn't have Mackenzie Kramer, who's sick. She didn't make the trip. And so they're out two starters. Um... Really, they're out one starter, and then they're out the person who filled in for that starter. And Kramer made two big threes against Virginia. So the fact they came out shooting threes, well, Maddie Ott made three threes. She really emerged. Uh, I thought she had a really good floor game and made threes. But Miami just kept sort of whittling the lead down. And then I don't know how else to say this. Miami is a, t- is a tough team to play in their building. They've lost, I think, one... They may not have lost any home games this year. I think they lost one. 
and they've beaten teams that they shouldn't beat. Um, Clemson was a better team last night. They yes. they just did not they did not make the critical plays. They did not get enough rebounds, and Miami had a couple players that really hit some some quality shots down the stretch. Um, the biggest issue I thought Clemson could have won the game in regulation. Um, they they ran a play they've run a million times. And uh, the ball's thrown in to the backcourt, and the point guard, in that case, Day Harris, comes around to the backside of the big who catches the ball in the backcourt, takes a handoff, goes downhill, gets a ball screen. So I knew it. When I saw where they threw the ball, they set up in a stack, they throw the ball back there, I'm like, that's what's going to happen. Brilliant play. I mean, I say brilliant, but it's exactly what they needed. Get Day Harris going downhill. She's drawn a million fouls the last two games. Instead of waiting for her to come around her hip, the player in the backcourt who gets the ball tries to pass it forward to Harris because time is of the essence. There's like 10 seconds. Harris catches the ball with her momentum going toward the midcourt line. She's stumbling and trying not to lose her balance to get a backcourt violation, so she just throws the ball up toward Clemson's basket. So Clemson, with 10 seconds left and timeouts in their pocket, could have done something else on that play. Doesn't even get a shot off. They don't even really get a pass. And Miami gets the ball. They end up not losing, but they led by as many as seven in the overtime. And at that point, Miami had enough momentum. Like, you could you could tell in the game as Miami was coming back that Clemson was having to hold on for dear life. And it, once the game went to overtime, you could almost tell, like, okay, this, this is Miami's game. Now, I will note for the record, and I told Sarah Joe Lawrence this, Clemson scored 11 points, I believe, in the overtime. If you had told me Clemson was scoring 11 in overtime, I'd have said they were winning. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to score double digits in that five-minute segment where there's generally not as many possessions. Miami was very good in the overtime. They ended up winning by three. It was a battle for 10th place in a very crowded middle of the ACC. And now Clemson uh, does not play Sunday, but they've got opportunities Thursday against Georgia Tech and next Sunday against Pitt to get two uh, conference wins. And they're right in the thick of postseason. I mean, these these close losses are really damaging because you put together, like, the three-point loss to Mississippi State, okay, that's that's fine. I, I thought they played well in that game. There were a couple others that they didn't play as well in and lost. Um, but the game at Syracuse where they led double digits going to the fourth and the game last night where they led by 17 and a half and didn't get those two wins, if you just win those two games, those are two quad one wins. Clemson moved up like six spots in the net last night. That's how well they played. Yeah, and they're boy, they're they're close. They, uh, you know, just need a couple of those breaks. Texter said it reminded them a little bit of the men's team versus Georgia Tech. I I had the same thought last night watching it. A, a similar feel. They're they're clearly a better team than they have been, but. Um, struggling in those but you know they're still they're they're playing well they're playing well i know i would not want to play them right now no i'll say that i i I thought the same thing and you know thinking that the women are not far from the acc tournament now um it's not not somebody you probably want to play there and amanda butler i i'm not jinxing it because i've said this so many times amanda butler has never lost her first game in the acc tournament she's won every year at least one game in the acc tournament that she's uh that she's been at Clemson. The other thing that happened last night, Ben, 
this could have been bad. Not bad in the case that they could have lost, but this could have been bad. Look, when people are talking about going to Oklahoma City, don't get the people fired up by run-ruling the second-best team in the Missouri Valley and making them look like a scrub unit. Ooh. Clemson softball last night won the game in about 10 minutes. I'm serious. They won the game in about 10 minutes. They had five extra base hits in the first inning and scored five runs, and they ended up beating Missouri State 12-0. And like I said, you go read like D1 Softball or Softball America, you go read these publications when they're talking about the Missouri Valley. Northern Iowa's very good. Missouri State is right there. That was a good team that could, you know, they're not going to get in that large, but they are a candidate to win their league. Clemson made them look like a scrub outfit last night, and they did it without having to pitch Valerie Cagle. Brooke McCubbin, three innings, one hit, five strikeouts in the circle. Brilliant. Uh, they batted around in the first inning. Um, the, way, the way Clemson hit the ball, I mean, welcome to college softball Julia Noller, who I was told she's going to play every day, whether it's first base or DP, uh, depending on whether Valerie's pitching or not. She's the new Valerie at the plate, and I think she can pitch too. They're kind of working on that. Julia Noller hit a couple bombs last night that were lasers. Mm. Um, and her name has come up a bunch with players. Maddie Moore hit a grand slam, was 3-for-3 three three last night. Um, they got a lot of players, some action. Alex Brown, they introduced her in a Clemson uniform. She scored a couple runs. Mackenzie Clark had a triple last night. They had seven extra base hits. Uh, Valerie got an inning, uh, struck out the side, um, gave up a hit, and then uh, Reagan Spencer, uh, one inning, one strikeout. It was as clean a performance as you could have imagined from Clemson softball last night, and uh, they will ratchet it up again today, but, I mean, what a debut for them last night. And you can listen to that at 7 o'clock right here on The Roar this evening, so make sure you do that. Tune in after Road Rage. I think I'm right in saying this. They won the game so quickly last night. They started an hour ahead of us, and they were done sooner. I think that's right. I want to look at game time here because I think it was like an hour 20. Yeah, an hour 36. So it was roughly identical to when we finished. They may have been just after us, but it was it was about the same time. That's how quickly uh, Clemson easily dispatched of Missouri State last night on the uh, on the softball diamond. So, not so great, the ending for women's basketball. Great start for Clemson softball. They got four more day, games in the next uh, in the next three days. Ben, I'm curious about this. We have a poll on our website, theroarfm.com, and I want to hear from the people. And I'm not going to tell the people what I told you to start the show, but I have a hunch how people are going in terms of who they think will win the Super Bowl. And I want to know if we can get some empirical data to like bear that out. So the poll question is very simple. Who do you think will win the Super Bowl? You have two choices. Chiefs or 49ers. Get in your vote at theroarfm.com slash polls or the Royal Mobile app. Click the poll tab. I want to know where the people stand on this and I want you to call your shots. I want to know what you're betting. I want to know what your picks are and I want to know why on the phones on the Adams Curving text line today. I would have put an other in there just to see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I, we could do that. We could do that. We could put other nah, tie. I'm joking. <laughs> who, who wins? America. 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 Do you... Okay, we got about a minute left in this segment, and then uh, we'll go to Brett Friedlander. We'll come back to this a little bit. 
I get a little bit stressed out by the Super Bowl. As someone who knows, like, I've got to talk about this on Monday. I feel like, because generally you're watching the Super Bowl with people. There's a bit of a gathering mm-hmm. element to it. You know, it's a, it's a cultural event. I, Not me, buddy. I'm like, I treat the Super Bowl like, half, like Halloween. I turn the lights all, off, close the shades, pretend like I'm not at home. <laughs> Leave me alone. Get out of here. Um, I, I respect it. I appreciate that approach. Because I almost have to watch the game again. Like, by the t- with the commercials and the halftime show and the, the chatting back and forth with people and all that stuff, when, when you get to the fourth quarter, most years, I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're about to start the fourth quarter. This thing's getting real. You know, you just kind of settle it. You're, you don't mm-hmm. really get a break. There's not really the rhythm of a, of a, of a normal football game because you are watching commercials and you do have halftime. And I don't know. I find this to be a bit of a frustrating event from just a game analysis standpoint that I feel like I have to do the analysis later. But I'm excited about this one. Because I think there are lots of different little things to be looking for along the way, and we're going to help you with that. Yeah, we'll just all enjoy it together. That's that's the main thing. I I don't know many people who have a dog in a fight here, and I like that. You know, I do. I like that. You can just you can just kind of watch it. There's there's reasons to pull for both sides, and we'll we'll discuss them all. Early uh, early returns. Niners with the slight lead over the Chiefs. On, uh, on our poll question today. And that'll be open the rest of the day, too, so you can continue to get in during Walt Show, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to see people stacking oh, we're, results we're 50, here. we're 50-50, buddy. I oh, see, I'm man. looking at it right okay. now. We are 50-50. Oh, yeah. We got real-time uh, results here, people. Like Steve Kornacki and the whiteboard. Oh, you could do that. You could so do that job. I've told you this. I'm going to roll my sleeves up. I'm wearing flannel today. Mm-hmm. Happy you, flannel Friday. Uh, I'm going to roll my sleeves up like Kornacki. White shirt, tuck your tie in. <laughs> Between the third and fourth button. Just to get the vibe. Yeah. All you got to do is elaborate hand motions and sometimes point to your side. Just elaborate, be, wide hand motions. Be really excited. You people know Quack could do that job. <laughs> I appreciate that. When we come back, Brett Friedlander. We're going to ask him about Clemson, North Carolina. I need to get his thoughts. Plus a lot of ACC hoops talk. And Bill O'Brien is an ACC head coach now, apparently. We'll discuss that after this. 654 Roars, the number. Hour one continues in a moment. Call the plumber whose name is his number One Tom Plumber plumber fast i always call one tom plumber one tom what here dial the number one then tom plumber or just tell your smartphone to call one tom plumber they promise to be there in an hour call the plumber whose name is his number one tom plumber Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. Or use the new Rooster's app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. One of the things I love most about this time of year is the great selection of items I can find at any Ingles market to throw on the grill. Ingles truly has it all, from hand-cut steaks to fresh fruits and vegetables, burgers, chicken, fresh seafood, everything you could want to entertain friends and family, all right there at Ingles. If you're on your way to the beach or a nearby attraction, 
Use your Ingles Advantage points to fill up and save money. Planning a family reunion, maybe a wedding or anniversary celebration? Check out all the options your Ingles Deli can offer and put together for you. And don't forget our Ingles Pharmacy Department, where you'll find any first aid or sunscreen product you need to keep safe during the summer. There are all sorts of great reasons why I shop at Ingles, and the same applies to you and your family. You'll find an Ingles near you all over the upstate and western North Carolina. Make Ingles your grocery like I have. That's Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. Ramp.com slash sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a new Samsung Galaxy A15 for just $99. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Good talk. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. In-store activation on single silver unlimited plan or higher required. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Chiefs versus 49ers. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? He's in for the touchdown! McCaffrey scores! Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know. We are the Roar. I think that's what the kids call a jam. Am I right on that? That is a jam. Okay. That is a jam. Um, yeah. I was trying to think that nah if if it's got that much electric guitar, it's a jam, not a bop. I have uh, I have two friends married that uh, one's named Brian, one's named Tina. Always, every time I say them, I go, "Hey, it's only love." <laughs> you get it? Okay, sorry, bad joke. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Tina, hey, it's only love. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't ready for they're that. I didn't not, know where that was going. I they're wasn't ready. Uh, they don't like it when I say that, but <laughs> but. That, that's never stopped you before. Yeah. It's about me, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Not really about your feelings. Uh, we were talking about Clemson softball earlier before we get to Brett Freelander. Um, by the way, somebody pointed out, you know, Florida State lost last night their opener to Charlotte. So it's, it is not... Really? Yes. Six what? to five. 
That wasn't in Tallahassee. Couldn't have been. N- no, it was in one of the Puerto Vallarta or somewhere. Yeah. It's against the law for Tallahassee for Florida State to lose in Tallahassee in softball. My goodness. Correct. Um, so that like softball season's underway. Baseball season, of course, one week from today gets started. And you can outfit yourself for both at Tiger Sports Shop. Now here's where I would tell you. Don't get fooled by the fact that there are shorts there's short sleeve attire out there. You can get that later. The long sleeve stuff is the way to go for like the next two months. That's college baseball season is cold for the first half and then blazing hot at regional time. And softball's the same way. Last year's the first time that I've ever experienced a postseason anything at Clemson where it wasn't ninety five degrees with a feels like over hundred. Uh, last year, Clemson softball was very pleasant when they hosted their regional. Uh, but you, again, you can do this in stages, folks. Tiger Sports Shop's got you covered with baseball and softball gear. But stick with that cold weather stuff for a little bit. Then, like, you know, around spring game time, you start getting that short sleeve stuff in there. Again, just people up and people. Two locations to serve you in Clemson, Highway 123, and downtown Clemson. Let's go to Brett Freelander, who joins us next on the phone. 654-ROAR is the number. Brett, what's up, man? I would suggest that you stock up on both now because you know as well as I do in this region, it could be winter one day and the next day it's spring. I mean, it's like 40 degrees right now. Tomorrow it's liable to be 75. So just get it out of the way and get it all now, right? Brett, I had the same idea. In fact, I was thinking, well, it'll be cold that morning. It'll be winter until about 10 a.m. And then, you know, assuming the spring game's at 1 p.m., you'll be hot. So you could have both seasons that day. That's a great point. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) By the way, I want to correct the record. Uh, I got a text from a a good friend of the show who says the the game was in Tallahassee. Charlotte went to. I thought it was a neutral. Really, Charlotte goes to uh, Tallahassee and beats Florida State in softball last night, which abs- that's wild. That's a that's a big upset. Um, I want to I want to spend a lot of time on uh, men's hoops with you, uh, Brett, because Clemson went to North Carolina and won this week. Things are getting a little crazy, and all the people talking about two bid league, three bid league, starting to look dumb. Uh, what stood out to you from the week we've had so far in ACC men's basketball? Well, they're not just starting to look dumb. I've been telling you this for over a month now, just to not listen to the noise. Uh, it, 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 was, it was dumb to start with. But, yes, I think you're seeing that this is an incredibly balanced league, and it's a really talented league. I mean, even, even Louisville at 2-10 and 10 is really starting to, you know, to give people fits. I mean, they, they, I think, pretty much ended Florida State's NCAA tournament hopes by beating them, and then they went to Syracuse and darn near won uh, on, on, what, Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't even remember anymore. They run together. But, I mean, this is, a, this is a better league than everybody's giving it credit for. I mean, they've got five teams in the top 32 of the net, all right? And, you know, forget all your procto- excuse me, your bracketologists, <laughs> um, you know, at it was not a Freudian slip. It was intended. Um, <laughs> that's the metric to look at. Don't don't look at Lenardi and Palm and all those guessers. Uh, look at the net, all right? And there are 36 at-large bids, all right? So you take one ACC team out because they're going to get the automatic bid. 
well, that puts you four other teams inside that 36 window. And with Clemson, you know, hey, listen, say what you want about the Tar Heels, but they took one for the team on Tuesday, right? They, that, that was the best thing they could have done for the ACC. Yes. Um, and, but, but that also just counts what Clemson did because they played like a, a desperate team. There was a sense of urgency. Just look at P.J. Tall his reactions after he makes baskets. I mean, this is a team that knew that this was its opportunity. You know, they were slipping very dangerously toward the the bubble. Not anymore. And I'll tell you something else about the urgency of this team. Halftime, okay, so the the, the press box at at, at the Dean Dome is similar to where it is at Little John. It's up in the rafters, okay? Well, I needed to come down and get my, my power cord because um, my computer was getting ready to go out on the blink. So at halftime, I ran downstairs to the, to the media room, and the media room is right next. It's basically between the two teams' locker rooms, okay? Well, so I go in the thing, and I come back out, and I hear this screaming coming from the hallway over there by the, in front of the Clemson locker room. Well, it was Brad Brownell, and he was out there just laying into his assistants because apparently in the locker room they had been very negative. You know, they gave up a couple of three-pointers, and, and, and UNC cut the lead to nine. But for crying out loud, they were still up nine in Chapel Hill. And Brad was basically saying, encourage them, encourage them. And, and he was very demonstrative. In his, and, and that's the kind of urgency Clemson had. And if they play with that kind of urgency, with the talent and the experience and the size that they have, you know, the sky's the limit here. I don't disagree. I I thought you saw exactly what this team is capable of. And then on the other side of the ledger, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up, because I I said this, like if there's one team in the ACC that can afford to take one for the team from a net standpoint and give somebody else a quality win, it is North Carolina because of the margin that they built. But we heard about like lackluster attendance and punctuality before the game. I mean, I... I, I I do think Clemson played very well. North Carolina may have had a hand in that, especially like the the slow start to some degree, and that to me, Brett, that's a concerning sign because one thing I said heading into last weekend is that Duke handled the human nature part of the pre rivalry buildup where they showed up in Blacksburg and they won by ten. North Carolina did not. They showed up in Atlanta and they lost. It was very close, but they lost. North Carolina does a great job in the rivalry. Duke handles the back end of it better than North Carolina. Should I be worried about North Carolina's willingness, inability to avoid human nature in some ways? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to wait on that because I'm not sure. I want to see what they do here, how they respond to this. Uh, because I, I think to, to lay this all on North Carolina is to diminish what Clemson sure. did. Because... Listen, yes, they, the UNC and, and uh, I, I don't know, this whole wake-up call thing and everything. And, and, and yes, there was a post-Duke hangover, but, but uh, I, I, I thought Clemson had a lot to do with it. The, the defensive intensity they started the game with. Seeing the ball go through the basket the first couple times they put it up, and they just you could just see the confidence growing. And then, okay, forget all the... the outside stuff that led to the 15-2 to two start. If you want to blame the 15-2 to two start on UNC and the hangover and the wake-up call, that's great. But Carolina comes back and ties the game at 
60, I believe it was, or was it? I, I don't remember what it was, but with about four minutes to go, just before the, the, the last TV timeout. 70 70. That's right. Back 70 70. Ties the game. They go to the TV timeout. The Dean Dome is rocking, and it's inevitable. You've seen this movie before. You, you know how it's going to end. Clemson's going to turn the ball over. Carolina's going to get a call, and, 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 you know, order will be restored. But guess what? During the timeout, Brad which is to his own defense. Elliot Cadeau just has no clue as to how to handle it because they weren't prepared for it because Clemson doesn't play zone. And Clemson runs off seven straight points and wins the game. Uh, to, you, you, to me, it has absolutely nothing to do with UNC except for the fact that they were not prepared to, to, to play offense against his own defense. This was all about Clemson. And so I, I think to, to even... I mean, it, it diminishes it because I, I think Clemson, that is the takeaway from this game, that this is a team. And you, you see that I, um, uh, I, I did uh, a column on, pro, you know, projected in, uh, postseason ceilings for all the a, a, ACC teams that have a shot at going to the NCAA tournament. And I got Clemson down as a Sweet 16 team. Did they lose in the first round? Absolutely. But they're going to give a higher seed fits in the second round if they get there because they just have experience. They got size. They've got, uh, you know, they, they've got guards, and they now have a little urgency. And if they can keep that, I, I just think this is about Clemson. And I think, you know, we saw this before New Year's, and you know, they lost some close games. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what what the answer was, but you can kind of see it on on Wednesday in Chapel Hill. They're starting to get it back. Visiting with Brett Friedlander here. You should go read that column. It was very good. Uh, read it this morning at SaturdayRoad.com. At BeFreedACC on Twitter. Check it out uh, there as well. Um, let's talk about Wake Forest for a second because I understand the hesitancy to like put uh, Wake Forest, even though they look like a tournament team, in permanent marker because they don't have a quad one win. In a weird twist, they could actually get their first quad one win of the season by losing... Because NC State is yep. 80 in the net. They beat them on the road. If NC State goes to Winston-Salem and wins, they're going to be a top 75 team, which makes that earlier win a quad one. It's the dumbest thing about the net. I'm not saying Wake Forest should lose to do that, but I'm saying they've got a lot of opportunities coming up to sort of pay off their high-level play with actual high-level results, correct? Yes, they do. Because they've got another game against Carolina, and it's at home. They play Duke still. They, you know, they they've got quad one opportunities. And and by the way, the scenario that you just laid out just kind of shows how ridiculous the net is, and and why they've got to do something, uh, you know, to, to to change that either that or, or not put you know use it as a diagnostic, but not as the be all end all of of um, evaluating your your tournament uh, uh, worthiness, uh, but. But, yeah, and listen, they're already, what, I think number 32? Last time I checked, they were number 32. So, I mean, they're solidly in the field right now. I mean, even without the quad one win. Uh, but look at the way they're playing. Their last two games, uh, they just, you know, boat raced Georgia Tech. They gave, they gave up the first basket of the game. They were down three to nothing and then ran off the next 31 points and were up 31 to three against the yellow jackets. Um, and by the way, you speak of the net, um, Steve Forbes has kind of figured out the, uh, the, the, the code there because he 
he kept his starters in the entire game, won that game by 32, and he went up in the net higher than Clemson did by beating Carolina. So basically, Wake went up like 10 spots by winning that game against Georgia Tech by 32 points. And Clemson only went up like four or five by beating Carolina at at uh, at at, um, uh, at at the Dean Dome, which is a head scratcher. But yeah, I, I like Wake because Wake is a different team than it was at the beginning of the season, and it's an even more different team than it was about three weeks ago. Um, they bring in Efton Reed, who finally, you know, after seven games, gets uh, his waiver um, for the two-time. A transfer waiver approved by the NCAA, and now Wake's got a rim protector on defense. Now Damari uh, Monsanto, their best three-point shooter, uh, who underwent knee surgery in the offseason, now he's ready to step back in. He, he played some minutes the first couple of three games he's back. Well, now he's playing full minutes and has given them uh, another element. It's a team that keeps getting better. You know, a lot of teams now – this time of year, they're losing guys because of injuries. And, well, Wake Forest is the opposite. They keep adding pieces. And I think that they're a better team now than they were three weeks ago. And I think they're going to be a better team in two weeks uh, than they are now. And so, uh, I listen, it's Wake Forest. It's little Wake Forest. If it was, say, Virginia, which, bad example, because Virginia is, is also trending in that direction. But if it was, say, Pittsburgh, we wouldn't be having this discussion. They'd be saying, "Hey, they're they're solidly in the field." It's just that Wake Forest aura, and you know everybody kind of downplays Wake Forest because they're the smallest uh, school in, in in the Power Five, and uh, but but they're definitely a, a team to keep an eye on. All right, real quickly, about thirty seconds left here. Uh, your thoughts on Bill O'Brien to Boston College, as is being reported that they're close right now. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, the best trades when you talk about, like, pro sports are the ones that benefit both teams. Well, in this case, Jeff Halfley, you know, for all the talk about, you know, I'm sick of college, you know, sports, NIL, the whole thing. Listen, he was on the bubble. And if they wouldn't have backed up this season, if they would have gone 6-6, and he'd have been next year's Dino Babers. So basically, he got out of Dodge at the right time before the posse could catch up with him. And he starts over with an NFL team. And now Boston College gets a guy who, A, knows the area in Boston, B, has NFL experience, and is, I think, a better coach. So I think everybody wins in that deal. Fantastic stuff. Brett Friedlander, check him out, folks, at BeFreedACC on Twitter. Check him out as well at SaturdayRoad.com. Enjoy a nice full weekend, my friend. Always good to visit with you, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, Quack. Take care. All right, you too. That's Brett Friedlander joining the program. 654 Roars a number. Right now, very close on our online poll. Who wins, Niners and Chiefs? We'll talk about that. Plus, uh, I'm dead serious when I talk about what Wake Forest, like Wake Forest might benefit from losing uh, on the net, at least in the moment on Saturday. We'll talk about that more coming up in just a little bit. 654 Roars and Army, you want to join us on the phones on the Adams Corporate Text Line. We continue on in hour one next. An ultimate day of relaxation and rejuvenation from Lilia Day Spa in Anderson is the perfect gift for her on Valentine's Day. Year after year, they've been voted Anderson's premier spa, and their staff is ready to treat her mind, body, and spirit in a relaxing and private setting. Choose a sweet treat package or a Be Mine package, a sweetheart or a Cupid's holiday package. Lilia Day Spa can create something special, or a gift certificate is ideal for Valentine's Anderson's premier day spa, Lilia Day Spa, 116 Benson Street, downtown Anderson. 
Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. If you or a loved one age 55 and older are looking for all-inclusive living, Everlon Clemson is the perfect place for you. Now offering first-floor studio apartments, including two Chef Repair meals per day, utilities included, your own kitchen, washer, dryer, and housekeeping services if you need them. Live independently and thrive at Everlon Clemson. Spaces are limited, so act now. Call for your free tour, 864-499-8318, or visit online at everlonliving.com. Your Pie Pizza Restaurant has not one but two locations to satisfy your pizza, pasta, and gelato cravings in Clemson. Your Pie Downtown is located less than a mile away from Death Valley, and Your Pie Dockside has the relaxing lake views you've been dreaming of. It's a quick and casual meal for fans on game day, or great for a night out with friends and family. Make a fully customized pizza, pasta, or salad, or choose a favorite from our preset menu, Pizza Brews Gelato. It's Your Pie. Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-CLEMSON or 718-1449 West Union. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. Want a fast-paced sports talk show with lots of college football? I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Then keep up with Quawk and Ben on Out of Bounds. Weekdays, noon to 3 on 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. We got a lot to talk about today, and uh, not a lot of time, folks. Get in while you can. Six five four Roar is the number you want to join us. Six five four seven six two seven on the phones or on the Adams Liquor Roofing text line. I I had that realization about Wake Forest that the best thing they could do for their immediate outlook to me the only reason that you wouldn't have Wake Forest like in permanent marker in your bracket. Is because they don't have a quad one win. The best thing they could do is actually lose to NC State, which is one of the dumber things that I've ever said that I actually believe. I've said some dumb stuff that maybe I don't believe, but I 
the one of the dumber things I've said that I actually believe is that Wake Forest would benefit <laughs> from an NCAA tournament resume perspective by losing on Saturday, at least for the moment. Now, do we really need to go over the dumb things that we've said that we really believe? No. Okay. No. We need no accountability on that. Just <laughs> do know we they're really out need there. to challenge that? <laughs> well, they're just they're out there. Just believe us. Uh, just take our word for it. I mean, that's. But I'm I'm right though, right? I mean, that's that's correct. That if if NC State wins at Wake Forest, they bump up in the net from eighty to I don't know seventy four. Then Wake yeah. Forest magically gets a quad one win. It's amazing. The only problem with that is you don't know what what happens after that game. They probably end up drawing dropping right back out. But that's true. But you are right in the in terms of what's best for you long term. Uh we're in a world where a loss might be better than a win. <laughs> Let that sink in. <laughs> I just can't I just can't I can't believe it. I, I can't. Hey, it worked in the college football playoffs. So oh, true. Uh, you know, I mean, there was that. We didn't. We didn't talk about this very much yesterday. The uh, it it made me mad. Like at three thirty yesterday, I got like newly upset about this. That the athletic director of a program that has had FBI and NCAA investigations, and also the men's basketball situation, the head coach is just not coaching games sometimes, and sometimes is an assistant, and sometimes is a head coach, depending on question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, is the head of the most important uh, committee in college athletics right now. Ward Manuel is the head of the committee. And I, I just, I don't understand. If you've ever thought to yourself, if you've ever had the thought the uh, the college football playoff committee chair is actually a bad job that nobody wants, Ward Manuel getting it tells me that nobody else wanted this job. I I I don't know why that made me so mad again after we talked about it uh, briefly yesterday, but it did. I'm I'm new I'm newly upset about this that the sport of college football is in the hands of a guy who who's Athletic department is legitimately lack of institutional control. I mean, have you followed the nonsense with Juwan Howard and Phil Martelli and who is coaching the games? And sometimes yes. it's Howard and sometimes they're just letting Martelli coach and Juwan's just here. And sometimes he's here, but he's an assistant coach. Like, what is going on? What are you doing up there in Michigan? It's as if Juwan Howard knows where the bodies are buried. It, it really is kind of... I, I have no... No proof of that whatsoever. Just a just an observation. Wild. It's wild. Just an observation. Um, we've gotten some good uh we've gotten some good feedback on our uh on our Super Bowl poll. Mm-hmm. Texture wants to know what your favorite mayonnaise is. Ooh. I mean that's that's random, favorite but I, I like it. Favorite mayonnaise. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. What are we I mean, there's about? only one, and it's the answer is Dukes. All right, let me ask you this, okay? Let me ask you this. Super Bowl, because that, that gets me thinking about Super Bowl spreads or whatever. You said you go hiding. I'll bring the mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, okay, what, what's the spread? Like, is it just a normal day? Do you, do you eat something specific or special on Super Bowl no, Sunday? No, I, no, no. Whatever's I, there? I'm amused by every what my family will most likely do we will uh we'll order takeout from someplace and bring it home and watch the game that's probably the plan do you but I, but, but i mean i have been to super bowl parties you know 
you can't ever go wrong with the uh like the the sausage cheese dip you know the rotella with sausage in it and you know what i'm talking about yes that's a that to me that is a staple of life i love that taco dip that's fine too when i was doing phd weight loss i really i started to appreciate and i appreciate even more people are gonna laugh when i say this but i appreciate an elite veggie tray like i never would have had veggies but two years ago i went i watched the super bowl i was at my parents house and we were there were people over there we're watching the super bowl a lot of family over there and i just appreciated how elite the veggie tray was because i couldn't eat that much stuff because i was on the weight loss i was in the weight loss phase and so now i appreciate an elite veggie tray much mm. more than I used to. Broccoli, cauliflower, like carrots, and dip. I need that. Yeah, yes. that's that's a good. That would be a thing that I would never have touched ten years ago. Right. Now I need that there. But let I me mean, to answer your question. I, I, I really just want to watch the game. I really, you know, that's it. Do you need the anthem? You big at like you need oh, to be I'm, seated bef- by the anthem. Yeah, because yes. Because for the Super Bowl, that's when it really starts. I do, and I will. Um, you know, I'm a big country music fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Reba McIntyre, the person, not necessarily the voice. So Reba's singing the national anthem. Ooh, ooh. It's okay. I, I. It's still, it's still our national anthem, and I'll pay attention to it. Here's a fun one, okay? This is, and we'll go to the phones here after this. I I always like, like, the prop sheets. I like playing that game. I don't ever win those because you have to you have to be really, like, you have to get the game pretty much spot on to win something like that in a group that you're in. And I'll, that'll probably happen this year. We'll probably do, we'll probably do one. Um, one of the things that I've always said, if you're filling this out, always, always, always take first quarter unders. Always take first quarter unders. You might get burned. Do it anyway. And always, always, always take national anthem overs, except would you believe that at FanDuel, the time for Reba's national anthem was at 1 minute 23 and a half seconds when it opened? It has been bet up to a minute and a half and a half. So 130.5. No one is taken under. I would caution you against being too bullish on the over with a country music singer. I think, because wasn't, uh, who sang it? God, why am I drawing a blank? Somebody who's more of a country background sang it last year, a couple years ago or whatever. Uh, Chris Stapleton okay, was last year. Stapleton. He hit the under. He went mm-hmm. under the, the time because a country music singer is going to be a little they're more not gonna, driving. They're not going to fluff it up. Um few things in life I care little less about than the length of the national anthem, though. <laughs> it's critically important. You got to get off to a good start. Yeah, critically important if you've uh, if you got one of those sheets you're playing. But yeah, I just wanted to be good. I just wanted to be good. I'm more cautioning because I've given that advice before. Always take the over. Um, I'm not sure that Reba's going over 90 seconds with the national anthem. I'm just I'm I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um. By the way, the way you feel about the national anthem, what color the Gatorade is. Don't get a cut. Have you ever seen those where they're like, is it oh, going to yeah. be blue or orange? But like, who the heck? Now you're just guessing. Like, I can't even look at historical trends to tell me that. Listen, though, there, 
I will acknowledge there are bets like that. And I do know people who do this, who do have big parties. They know there will be a lot of folks in attendance that maybe don't watch every week and are not necessarily NFL fans. If you do a parlay type sheet, when people walk in the door, just for fun, for everybody in attendance, people are more likely to sit down and be uh, involved in the game and, and actually watch it. Yes. So that I to me that's the benefit of those things. I I hope there's not anybody out there really trying to make money off of the length of the national anthem. <laughs> well, FanDuel, 90 and yeah. a half seconds right I now know. over under. <laughs> Let's go but to do. If you're having a party, make make a fun parlay like that, you know, and if you're your significant other whoever that might be is not doesn't really care about the game. You know, you have everybody put 10 bucks in a pot when you walk in the door, hand them a parlay sheet like that, make your picks, winner take all. I it's like a, it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it is. It's a lot of fun. I like it. It makes you watch commercials and halftime, yeah. too, depending on all the stuff you're doing. We used to do that at the ACC tournament back when I was, was just a fan years ago Ooh. and would go and, and we would go to all of the games. And it was, you know, who's cheerleader? We make up our own, you know, who's cheerleaders come out on the floor first? Who gets the jump ball? And I mean, when you're sitting there and there's nine people in the building watching Boston College and Virginia Tech, man, it adds some spice to it. Like, yeah, there's the cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'm gonna do it at the women's tournament this year. I'm I'm, I'm it's doing fun, it. man. That's that's great. I I'm a, I'm gonna pick your brain on that. I think okay. that's awesome. Uh by the way, a lot of a lot of people talk about Reba like I'm a little confused about Reba because her voice is like how she got famous. So it's like the thing, it's like how she got famous as her voice. And then we found out later that her personality is actually what we liked. Yeah. yeah is that kind of the deal? Uh, she got famous off of fancy. Let's go to Jamie real quick before we get to the top of the hour. Let's Shall do we? that. Yes. Jamie's up next. 654 Roars. What's up, Jamie? Good afternoon, guys. First Good afternoon, all, sir. I, I called a talk. I, I call to talk some basketball, but I do have to ask, how is the kid from Furman, or do we know? Uh, don't know. Actually, um, my wife was giving me an update on this this morning because um, she's got some contacts at Furman, and uh, it it did not look great as of this morning, the prognosis there. Um, oh, and gosh. I'm not, you Pray. know, I'm, yeah. I, I, Prayer to the family. That's yeah, not, I'll, I'll just say very, if, um, if folks are wondering, this is a, this is a football player who, uh, it appears collapsed during practice, not actively participating, but just during the practice on the side and then was taken to the hospital, and um, things have sort of gone downhill from there. So uh, a lot of folks are praying for him, I know. I certainly am, but um, I, I called to talk a little basketball. I am so proud of this team, the way they went on the road and won. Uh, and you can say what you want to, but our kids and our team and our coaching staff wanted that game more than North Carolina did. Okay, they wanted it. Nobody was going to take it from them. It was going to be their night. That's just that's just it. Now, they have to go to Syracuse, in my opinion, and validate that win. You know what I'm saying? They have to follow it up with another good performance. And what I want to know is, in your opinion, what did they have to do to assure themselves a spot in the NCAA tournament? And I know they're solidly in now, but what can't they do? And what do they have to do? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot in there. I would say there's more they could do on the on the 
I'll say this. It's it'd be it'll be easier for them to play themselves in and to play themselves out if they just play reasonably well. Um, because their easiest stretch of games of the season is coming up. They're going to be favored tomorrow at Syracuse, and then they are likely going to be favored in each of the next seven games. So yes. if, if but you... also, uh, remember what I told you when I was going into North Carolina. I said, these are kids. So you just have to, I mean, this is when, this is when Brad Brownell and staff have to earn their money. You know, have to keep the kids focused, and it's right there for them. But they've got they've got to finish the deal. Would you agree with that? I would agree, Jamie. We're up against it. I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. There, there's no there's no question. Like you, the the human nature thing that may have bitten North Carolina a little bit on Tuesday is certainly going to be factored with Clemson after a big win tomorrow at Syracuse at noon. A little bit of a weird building, second straight road trip. I mean, these are you can count the ways that this can come up and bite you. This is where the maturity of this team has to take hold and where they have to lean into the things that got them the win on Tuesday night in Chapel Hill and then just apply those to the circumstances moving forward. I think you 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 win a game you're supposed to win, you'll be fine. Hour 2 is next. Stay with us. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, your favorite drafts are poured at a frosty 29 degrees, and rare barrel-aged whiskeys are served just the way you want them. It's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Stick around after the sun sets. Twin Peaks is open really late. Wind down with bourbon and late-night fights. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize.